surprise. Treading water that they drown. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 211 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter, at DynastyDadFF. It is Valentine's Day season. You know, we're in that area. Love is in the air. And right now, Snoog, I got to tell you, I'm falling in love with veteran values right now. I mean, every single year this happens. But I'm, I'm excited to chop it up with you, talk about some of these veteran values, because it's every single year the rookie love gets more. Every single year, people hate on the guys that are 27 and older every single year. Yeah, thankfully, my girlfriend's not here because on Valentine's Day, it's supposed to be about her. But today, we're going to make it about those veteran values. You know, you know, I love Alvin Kamara. He's a great value. I think where the value lies this offseason is going to be in the hands of those running backs. Joe Mixon, James Conner, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, because mm-hmm. there's a good amount of them. Like We might see Kamara get cut. We might see Henry end up somewhere else. Like, they could get saved, almost like CMC was saved from the Panthers with the 49ers. And like if we see an Alvin Kamara on the Kansas City Chiefs in just a high-powered elite offense getting utilized touches with an elite-minded offensive playmaking quarterback mm-hmm. and coach, things are going to get better for them. The efficiency is going to bump up. And even on less touches, they're still going to produce at a high level. So we're going to absolutely tap into those value running backs and tell you guys kind of what you need to pay up for them, what the value is why we think that you should buy them and who you should tear down with. Cause I know dad, you love talking about tearing down from those Bijan mm-hmm. Roberts and Brees halls and stacking up draft capital and getting the Joe Mixon's, the Alvin Kamara's just to fill in his placeholders. So I'm excited to dive into that. So let's jump into the first guy for me, a veteran. I love that's just an absolute screaming value to me. And I know you love him as well. It's Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley is about to get that divorce not to go with Valentine's Day and divorce, those two shouldn't go together. By the way, I met my ex-wife on Valentine's Day. But anyways, uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, what we got to look at is over the first, the last five seasons, taking out the ACL tear injury, four out of five, he's averaged over 16 points per game fantasy-wise, which is a rock-solid back-end RB1. One of those seasons, he averaged 24, where he was top three. Five out of those five seasons, he's had 50-plus receptions with a ceiling of 91 receptions. Five out of those five, he's had 70-plus targets. One of those seasons, 121 targets. You look at what he had with the Giants. That run-blocking team, 30th, according to PFF grades, 32nd adjusted line per yard. I mean, this is an elite-level talent, Snoog, where he is going to get a new opportunity. But his value right now, he's going... And I, I just drafted him in Smash Except 13, and that's why we're really – the values of these running backs that people are starting to not trust, the value of these running backs we got to really talk about because sixth-round startup value for a guy like Saquon Barkley, right now he's on KTC's RB10, which I'm okay with that, but the market value says 109 to 111. And this is someone that I think, you know, at his age can still increase in value. He's going in, in an area where you're getting a guy that has top three upside. He's someone that could put up Christian McCaffrey light type numbers because we know he's an elite level running back. He's elite in the open field. He's fantastic. I mean, he's top three or four in the league when it talks about, you know, pass, pass receptions. He is that good. And right now, 109 to 111 in a class where there are no running backs that are going to go in that area that I have the same kind of confidence that I have in Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and Dad, from a talent perspective, you nailed it on the head. Saquon Barkley is still one of the best running backs in the draft. And the best thing about him is his three-down workload that he gets. Like, he can catch the ball in the backfield well. He can run the ball 250-plus times a year. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him on my Houston Texans next year. That's what I'm saying. Jay Stroud with a built-up healthy O-line. They got the cap for it, so – I also saw the Chargers as a potential land. I saw the Chargers, and I saw I saw Dallas as well. And and that's the biggest thing right now, that we look at these running backs. If any of them go to Houston, Devin Singletary was putting up RB2 numbers and a couple of weeks RB1 numbers yep. as a mediocre talent. In Dallas, Tony Pollard, who was banged up most of the year, was putting up 
you know, RB2 numbers. You go over to the Chargers, and I know Austin Eckler was beat up, but during his games where he was healthy, he was putting up RB1 numbers. I mean, going to a place with Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, C.J. Stroud, I could see Saquon Barkley catching 80 passes. I'm not even, I don't even think that's an exaggeration. Like, I think he could have a top three season. And this is why right now, these are some moves that I posted on Twitter that I want to get your opinion on about some insulated trades. Christian McCaffrey, the best back in football. Let's not even debate it. But he's at a spot where, to me, he's a sell. You know, if you're not all in, he's a sell. And I saw a trade the other day. I helped a guy get Saquon Barkley and the Superflex 104 for Christian McCaffrey. I think that's an absolute smash. If you can get anything in that 104 to 107 plus Saquon Barkley, I think you're you're absolutely killing it because you what we talk about with running backs when we insulate the value is what we're trying to do is scale back. We're trying to get, you know, similar type production, but we're trying to insulate with someone else. I mean, can you imagine getting Malik Neighbors and Saquon Barkley or, you know, even Brock Bowers and Saquon Barkley for the fact that for, for Christian McCaffrey, who could go down to injury this year, you know, and it's like he's been healthy. He's been fantastic. But I think Saquon is a is a great insulated value there with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, absolutely. I love those type of deals. And dad, I know you mentioned the, the discount on Saquon Barkley. A few days ago, I looked, I swear he was 26 years old. Now he's 27. He just turned 27. What happens when running backs hit 27. Yeah. People love to just write his them birthday right is, is February 7th. I looked too. On February 6th, I was putting this little piece together when I drafted. And then you're like, oh, wow, 27. But, you know, I, I think he's the type of back that's going to have exactly. – he's going to play for two or three more years. A couple other trades I wanted to get your idea on. You know, one that I made personally was I sold Devon A-Chain and a late second for Saquon Barkley and what will be a mid-25 first. And Love for it. me, I think this is a scenario where it's like I think that mid-25 first, given what the 25 running back class looks like, could be and probably will be better than, than Devon A-Chain. And you get Saquon Barkley for a second is kind of how I look at those insulated trades. Uh, yeah. Travis Etienne in a second for Saquon in a first. Kyron Williams for Saquon in any second is got to be the biggest smash except out there. I made this trade earlier in the week because I was like, okay, you know, Kyron Williams is was fantastic in 2023. There's no denying that. But this is a scenario where I think Saquon rises in value. Kyron Williams is an proven commodity. And I think we have an area where you can win all four of these trades and move down from any of those guys. I'm not trying to move off of Gibbs, Hall, and, and Bijan. I'm trying to move off that next set of tier that, you know, stay, trying to move off of A-Chain, ETN, Kyron. Even, you could probably get Saquon Plus for Kenneth Walker. You know, you might even be able to get a quick flip trade, you know, where you prefer your running wide receiver to theirs and James Cook for Saquon Barkley type deal. I mean, that's where he's at. Yeah. And the best thing about Saquon Barkley is the past two years, we've seen his absolute floor while he's playing healthy football. Mm -hmm. RB5 finish in 2022. And RB, he was, I think he was the top 10 RB in points per game, 16 mm -hmm. plus points per game in 2023. Dad, we know how terrible that Giants offense was the past two years. Yeah. And still producing. No offensive line, no passing game. He was their whole offense. It's almost like the same situation with Camara in New Orleans but way worse for Saquon and, and, and the Giants. Like, yeah, literally their whole offense, they can't pass the ball downfield. Mm -hmm. He's gone. If you put him on team. a competent offensive line, he was top eight this year. You know what I mean? But this was, like I said, 32nd in adjusted line yards and 30th in run blocking scheme. Yeah. I mean, that's as bad as it one gets. And One thing I want to highlight with Saquon Barkley is he's one of those running backs that can finish as the RB1 overall. He's 100%. It is a rookie. There's no reason he can't mm -hmm. do it now. Kind of entering that prime year of 27 years old. 26, 27. Like, I know it's like was the shell for a lot of running backs, but like we've seen it change so much. Like mm -hmm. Derek Henry, CMC, Kamara, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, James Conner. All those running backs the past two years have been in that 27, 28 range, finishing as RB1s and points per game. The injury con concern is definitely something you need to factor in with Saquon, but the upside's through the roof. And like, like you said, Dad, if he ends up on the Chargers in a power run scheme with mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh where he ends up, and Houston with C.J. Stroud in an offense that gets to the red zone a lot. 
10 plus touchdowns is very possible for him. And you know, he's going to hit that 50, 60 plus reception line, easy RB one finish for him. So I'm excited to see Saquon easily. One of my favorite buys as well. I'm glad you brought up Derrick Henry. Cause Derrick Henry is another one. Derrick Henry on keep trade cut is the RB 32. Oh, okay. 32. His market value on keep trade cut is the 210. All right. Here's the deal. Derrick Henry year in year out. I know he's 29 years old, but this year he's coming off in fantasy points per game. He was the RB5. You know, he is an absolute stud. I'm seeing rumors of the Ravens. I'm seeing rumors of the Cowboys. If Derrick Henry, again, we're talking about what he was able to do. I mean, this past year on a horrible offense, almost 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, 36 receptions. You're like, this is a guy that if you are a contender – I would pay anything from the 203 to 206. And I know this is a good class and the second rounders are great, but Derrick Henry can win you a championship. Could you imagine Derrick Henry in the Gus Edwards role in Baltimore? Like Gus Edwards. 18 touchdowns. Exactly. And I think Derrick Henry, again, is the guy that was, he just falls way, way, way too far in, in startup drafts. I mean, right now we just had him go. Uh, it is, I mean, it's it's almost absurd where how far these guys go. He fell to the 11th round. The 11th round. I mean, that is the kind of value where if you're doing a startup, and I talk about this all the time with you, is first four rounds, I want two quarterbacks. I want one of these elite tight ends, and I want an elite wide receiver. Five through seven, I want wide receivers. Eight through 12, there's a scenario where in round eight, you could get, you know, you could go ahead and get David Montgomery. Round nine, you can get, Alvin Kamara, round 10, you can get uh, Joe Mixon. Round 11, you can get Derrick Henry. You just gave yourself four, and then round 12, you know, you got guys like like Eckler, round 13. I mean, like this is Jalen Warren. Like this is an area where you can get five stud running backs from round 8 to 13 and just put yourself in a scenario because, Snook, the more I do this, the more I look at it, and the more this, this landscape changes – you're just buying production, right? Like you're you're literally buying production. And when you buy a guy like Derrick Henry, the the people that go in that same area, you know, and this is this is very important to look at is you're looking at he goes in the same area as Christian Watson, Geno Smith, Zach Charbonnet, you know, um, Pat Fryermuth. It's like they're role players for you. Those are not guys that win you a championship. Derrick Henry could be that. And I understand if he gets injured, then he's done. But until he does, can you just imagine if he goes to the Ravens, if he goes to the Cowboys, if he goes to the Chargers, if he goes to the Texans, what that value looks like for Derrick Henry? Yeah. I mean, he finished top 10 in points per game the past six seasons. He had 2,000 rushing yards a few years ago. He was the RB4 in 2022. Last year, that Titans offense is very similar to like um, Saquon with the with the Giants. The Titans were equally as bad on offense. Mm-hmm. A lot of QB changes. Tannehill couldn't throw. And he the ball still scored twelve time. touchdowns in an offense that is absolutely points. anemic. I'll give, up, I'll give up the two ten all day long if I mm-hmm. can guarantee a running back to get me two hundred plus fantasy points. Like that's just at least at worst the plug and play RB two. This is a running back that is probably one of the best pure rushers in the league the past six years. Thirty years old, yeah, but he just put up RB eight finish, eleven hundred plus yards. That offense was so bad. No offensive line. The team was just so bad. But again, Derrick Henry was the whole offense. So Mm -hmm. you see Derrick Henry end up in Baltimore or you see him in Dallas or you see him in Houston, just like Saquon Barkley. I mean, they're going to give you another year or two at least. And I think Derrick Henry's a little bit more volatile of a player than Saquon. I think Saquon's much safer as a player, 27 years old versus 30. But Raheem Mostert, just had 21 touchdowns, mm-hmm. or 20 touchdowns with the Dolphins. And he's older and he was more injury prone than Derrick Henry. If history repeats itself, it's gonna, because things change, right? Like back in the day, it was like, all right, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, that fall off age was in that 25, 26 range, but mm-hmm. it's starting to change. Medicine's getting way better now. Torn ACLs aren't as bad as they used to be. Yeah. Medicine's getting way better, more advanced for sporting, and they're taking care of themselves better. Trainers are getting better. Derrick Henry's a freak show. And I saw a video pop up the other day, actually, on his training. And he was doing so much crazy things, like 
to prevent torn ACLs and stuff, just like knee strengthening things. Like he's training like a monster. Catch catch him in Baltimore on like a two year deal. He'll double digit touchdown score in both of those years before he falls off. So I'm excited for him. Second round pick can't go wrong. What what like uh, the guarantee of that two ten versus Derrick Henry? Like you're more guaranteed anything and, from Derrick Henry. This is a scenario where you can take a guy like Rashad White. You can take a guy that's in that. Kenneth Walker, Rashad White range, you can insulate back to a Derrick Henry, get a first on top of that, maybe throw a third back or throw something else their way. And then you get to this area where you buy the production, you get the pick. Another guy in that similar area who, you know, in my mind is someone that hasn't had the same wear and tear, who year after year just goes out there and puts up, you know, somewhere between always over 4.6 yards per carry every single year it's it's Aaron Jones I mean he's one of those running backs obviously on pace to finish in the top 12 in yards after catch per attempt 50 plus targets again this year Aaron Jones we saw what he was able to do it was five straight RB1 weeks to finish out the season started out the season that way it's always been a thing of you know can he stay healthy right now Aaron Jones is going as the RB30 for the 209 and I think this is a guy where we talk about running back situations and everyone's like, well, what about this position? What about that position? But he's got to be one of the safest running backs because the Packers are not going to draft another running back. They still have, they have him, they have Dylan under contract. They have a great one, two punch. They're really an ascending roster. And when he's healthy, he's another guy like Saquon Barkley who can catch 50, 60 balls without batting an eye. I mean, he has, top five RB potential. He's done it before in his career. And I think, again, we're buying production. We're not worried about the age. You're just saying, you know what? In round 11, 12, 13, Aaron Jones is going to be a guy that I'm going to be able to put in as my RB2 every single week. He's another guy. He's on a great ascending offense with Jordan Love there. Coaching staff is phenomenal in Green Bay. I mean, that team almost beat the Niners and went to the NFC Championship. So I'm, I'm really excited to see um, Aaron Jones healthy this year because he wasn't last year. And I think A.J. Dillon's a crapshoot. I just don't think he's good at all. I think he's a power back that doesn't play powerful. So he's not even like a threat mm-hmm. to Aaron Jones at this point. We saw what a healthy Aaron Jones looked during the playoffs. I mean, he absolutely dominated the Cowboys and had a phenomenal game against the Niners as well, against two great defenses, probably the two best defenses in the NFL along the Ravens. So Aaron Jones healthy. The old line is pretty good on Green Bay. They have a lot mm-hmm. of good draft capital again this year, and they got some money to spend. So I'm excited to see Aaron Jones. Definitely one of those guys that in the past relied on touchdown volume to kind of be like RB1 relevant. Mm-hmm. I know he scored like a ridiculous amount of touchdowns during the Aaron Rodgers time, but like now is his time in his career where he can just be like that 50, 60, catch guy maybe scored eight to 10 total touchdowns and put up 800 to a thousand yards and give you a top 15 top 12 year so all in on aaron jones in that second roundish rookie range i'd probably he's probably my least liked out of the few we're mm-hmm. going to talk about tonight but i still oh, I get it good value he's probably like in that 209 to 301 range yeah and he's one of the cheapest ones you yeah. literally just described his you know what his ceiling could be as and I got this guy in the ninth round, keep trade cuts RB seventeen, valued at the two oh three, just twenty six years old, in an absolute stable condition, you know, situation. David Montgomery. David Montgomery right now is going for the two oh three. And you you just said a guy that is going to get a thousand yards. He just did. Four point six yards per carry. He just did. Thirteen touchdowns. And as much as you and I both love Jameer Gibbs, you have to understand that. It's going to be both of them. You know, I think David Montgomery is still going to get his carries. And then I think, I mean, Gibbs this year is going to take a step forward, I think. But at the same token, to stay healthy, they already have a great game plan. We were worried about what that looked like. But using both of them is literally the key to their success. And I think he's just another guy that's good value. Yeah. I mean, a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns for the Lions last year is great. And the best thing about it, Ben Johnson's going nowhere. There's room for Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery, like I mentioned a lot in the offseason, to be that Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram in their prime, that one-two punch, that elite electric thunder lightning duo. And it, we just saw it this last year. Dave Montgomery missed a few games, played in only 14 and had 13 touchdowns. You know how much I love Gibbs. I like him as much as anybody else. I got a signed jersey before he even stepped foot on the NFL field. I was all in on him, but 
if I was going to sit here and tell you Dave Montgomery's not going to play, I'd just be an absolute fool lying to myself. Like he's going to play 16 receptions is where Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery separate themselves. Right? Oh, for sure. Dave Montgomery is strictly going to be that between the twenties, like bowling ball. And when the lions don't want to get creative and they're up by a lot and they just want to pound the rock down by the red zone, you're going to see Dave Montgomery down there punching in those one to two yard touchdowns. But mm-hmm. it was cool to see Gibbs get a lot of those as well. So I think it's as 50, 50 split as you can get down on that red zone, probably leaning a little bit to Demont, but he's still getting, he had 219 carries in 14 games. So he's on pace for probably like 240 carries, just very, very safe, high floor. He has the contract. Ben Johnson staying in 2024. Nothing's changing here for Dave Montgomery. So and that's, I think that's the important part, right? We talk about running backs and we things that aren't changing. I know it doesn't create that same excitement. Like we want someone to go to a different scheme and we want a new coach in. But then you get a guy like David Montgomery that stays the same. You get a guy like Joe Mixon. Everything's going to be staying the same. And it's like Joe Mixon right now is the RB... 27 going for the 208 our guy fantasy dude said best value for me is aaron jones i love that love when you guys you know follow along on youtube and on twitter and you guys you know chime in that's that's always fun for me but joe mixon at rb 27 snoog year in and year out i mean this year he was rb 11 but in the past i mean he's been rb5 rb6 and again chase brown was a little bit more involved down the stretch but this is a guy that's not going anywhere. The Bengals want to win. The Bengals are not going to go out and draft another running back because of the other needs on this team. And Joe Mixon, again, is just going to be value. Yeah, he's yep. one of the cheapest work workhorse running backs that money can buy. I mean, another 1,000-yard season, 50-plus receptions. That's back-to-back years. He finishes an RB1 or, or better in five out of the last six seasons. One of them he was injured, so I didn't count that one, but – He's just consistently hitting that RB6, RB5, RB12, RB9. It's so safe. And 27 years mm-hmm. old, he's, he's one of the youngest running backs from that 2017 class. He's Nothing's changing. Joe Burrow is going to be there next year, healthy, hopefully. Jamar mm-hmm. Chase is going to be there, healthy. T. Higgins coming back on that extension, hopefully, healthy. That only helps him. And yeah. He had 267 fantasy points this year, and the offense was a crapshoot. Like, I mean, yeah. he was pretty much the offense well and that's drowning. that's what you got to look at is like right now he's over a thousand yards and over 50 receptions his his yards per carry was down a little bit his you know his breakaway run for for 20 plus was down but i think he was facing a lot more stacked boxes with jake browning as the quarterback instead of joe burrow so i think that opens up he still had nine touchdowns you're right i mean i think he's a an absolute value in that area and these running backs just i mean <laughs> It's just crazy what you can walk away a startup draft with. It's just crazy what people are willing to sell once you get to rookie rookie draft season where it's like, all right, man, you know, we're in this area. I'll yeah, sure, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you this player. I'll go ahead and give you Derrick Henry for the two ten. You're like, that that makes no sense at all. Um, the other day, Joe Mixon, I was like, one thing I'll never do is complaining about the value that Joe Mixon's given me. I mean, he I was getting him for I got him for the 302 lap. Remember the rumors about him, like with the shooting outside his house and like everyone thought yeah. he'd get cut and like go to jail. I got him for the 302. Yeah, in, that's in not the right. League last year. And I got him for, I was trading for him. He was like one of my most owned this year because I was just buying him like crazy, giving up 25 seconds, just random 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. Just because I mean, he just gave me 267 fantasy points. If he gives me 200 points plus next year, worth the second all day i don't care what the second was 201 if i get two fringe rb1 seasons out of a player for a second round pick i consider that a dub all day so for sure the other guy that's in that same area you know and i think one thing to point out is alvin kamara's value has actually gone up alvin kamara is going around seven or eight which is four to five rounds later than these guys and this is where as much as you and i love kamara where in, in a startup if i can get joe mixon Four rounds later, that that's a big yeah, difference. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I do love Kamara, but you're you're into those kind of situations. But James Conner is going in round twelve to thirteen, and all he did this year with not having Kyler Murray for the entire season, but he had him a little bit there. Five yards per carry, which is rare for James Conner. Over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. Game. You know, like James Conner down the stretch he looked like. Eating. He was, and it. people are saying, well, what if they draft someone? But, Snook, you're more wrapped up in the 25 class, and I, I love the content that you've been putting out. I'm trying to keep up with you the best I can. 
but this running back class, there, there's nothing there that says to me, oh man, you know, like James Conner's going to lose his job. There could be a guy goes there. I mean, there's what, four, maybe five guys that have starter potential, but James Conner is not the safest running back in that situation. You know, there are guys that could come in and really challenge him a little bit, but I think yeah. he stays the starter unless they would take maybe, you know, maybe Benson, maybe, you know, like, but the, I still think it's James Conner. Yeah, the thing with this running back class, I'm yet to fully dive into it. Like, I haven't done all my prospect grades, my film yet. I've, I've watched almost every running back just from my quick timing, watch some games, watch what I've seen on Twitter. I think there's about seven to eight guys that can really play that can be starting caliber running backs, but there's no Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson no. coming in in like first round, early second round. That's just going to take the role over from day one. Mm -hmm. Like James Conner is a guy that just put up a thousand yards, missing five games, hyper efficient Ooh. on an offense that sucked all year besides when Kyler came back. They had no offensive weapons. Marquise Brown was hurt. They had no line. Paris Johnson is an absolute stud tackle. Thank God they drafted him last year. This I want to highlight one thing with this Cardinals offense. It's ascending. Like they have two first mm -hmm. round picks this year, one being the fourth. Kyle Murray's going to be a full year removed from the torn ACL. They have early second. I think they have two second round picks, actually. Mm -hmm. Like they're loaded up. They're going to hundred I'm so convinced they're taking Marv at four or I am too, yeah. Landing neighbors. And then they have another late 27th pick first to build up maybe an offensive line or defense. Mm -hmm. They have all the tools, all the weapons, and all the cap to yeah. take this offense around big time next year. And I mean, James Conner, the cheapest workhorse money can buy, right? Like, yeah, in yards, I mean, nine total touchdowns, missed five games. He was gonna his final up. five, he was insane RB5, RB11, RB4, RB4, RB1. I mean, Plenty. he like he was winning championships for people. It's just insane to look at. If you just look at his overall numbers, you're like, okay, you know, it was a good season. And then when you look at, like he said, you said he missed five games. The final five games, he was an absolute monster, you know, like in points per game. And he's 28, you know. So, I, I mean, I think James Conner is a good value. And I think there's just so many running backs that fall into that area of good value. One guy I wanted to talk about with you that everybody's been talking about, and I got to get your opinion on, on Nick Chubb coming back. Oh, Some guys are like, Nick Chubb's going to come back in beasts. You know, other people, because we saw Jerome Ford was RB16 on the season and He's not anything close to what Nick Chubb could be. I see some people that are really out on him, some people that are really in. He's been going in round 13 after these guys. Is that an absolute smash value for you where he's going after all these other guys, given that he's a little bit younger? Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb's entire fantasy football and NFL career has just been unbelievable. I mean, this is a guy that was four yards shy of having five straight thousand-yard seasons. I mean, he's been an RB1 or better in every single season that he's played, despite this last year playing only two games, getting hurt in one of them. He's 28 years old. I know mm -hmm. he had that injury at Georgia where he like snapped his leg in half. I'm not sure. I'm not going to act like I know, but I'm not sure if it's the same leg that he hurt. I never really dove into the diagnosis on his knee injury. I know he, like, I think he tore his MCL and like broke something, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's an uphill battle for him for sure but i think if anyone's gonna get through it it's gonna be nick chubb i think rb28 on keep trade cut you can't beat that value right i mean you're getting a mm -hmm. workhorse and a run heavy offensive scheme that has an elite offensive line and looked great last year as a team that produced jerome ford and kareem hunt pretty decent numbers in a fantasy football perspective so i think at worst if he comes back sluggish he looks kind of like that tony pollard this year in dallas coming off the broken leg where he was just looked like he lost a step but got elite work like a, an elite workload mm -hmm. and saw 250 plus touches like i think you're going to see the same thing with nick chubb in a more efficient running offense and i just think he is so good at running the football he never really relied on like extreme elusiveness or like he just knows where to be at the right time hits the hole hard runs hard breaks tackles like i, I don't think this injury is going to really affect his game big big time because he's not like a jameer gibbs that's like exploding out of the hole and making like seven guys miss right he's he's kind of like a downhill runner north south guy is going to run through your face so i think he'll be decent and i think he's probably the best value out of any of the ones we've talked to just with the injury and him being 28 years old. I'm, I'm big on, you know, and I, I think that's where we differ a little bit is I'm a little bit higher up 
on on you know where Jones is going and where Mixon's going. But I'm with you. I mean, I think Nick Chubb is going to have a good season. I think he's going to be you know a, a great value. Is there any more running backs before we move over to the wide receivers? Because you know, for me, this is just a fun time to talk because all these guys that last year you're like, oh, sell this guy, sell that guy. Sell, they're still here. You know, aside from Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette who disappeared. Everyone else, and these aren't guys that had a Leonard Fournette type season. You know, Leonard Fournette in 2022 was the RB7, I believe. But if you look at the efficiency, it was horrible. You know, like it was just sheer volume. These other guys, they're still putting up 4.6 yards per carry, 4.7 yards per carry, getting the receptions. And I think that's the difference here. Yeah. I had two, three running backs on my list, four guys total. You already know who was at the top of my list. I- Alvin Kamara, I say it every year that he's an insane value. This is a running back that had six plus 17 points per game seasons, 17 plus point per game seasons the past seven years. So out of six of those, he did. Last in 2022, he had 14. I mean, the Saints have just been so inefficient on offense, banged up offensive line, struggling there. But I mean, Alvin Kamara was second in the NFL in receptions and put missed three games. Missed four games, actually, one with injury, 75 receptions, led that running backs and targets. Like, it's there for him. The upside's there. He still has that explosive first step, still bouncing off tacklers, still looks to part in space. I think there's a chance he gets cut for cap reasons. And then we see him on a team that actually will utilize him and can use him in a winning formation. So I'm excited to see that. I and just, that's what everybody's talking about is they're like talking about the cap hit and they're like, what if he leaves? And then they're talking about, oh, Derrick Henry, what if he leaves? Good. Good. <laughs> they're going to a better situation, you know, and that's why that's why we're investing in Kendra Miller and Tajay Spears, because on the flip side, as soon as those guys do leave, the value does increase dramatically for those guys, at least in perception right off the bat. You know, and I think. You're right with Alvin Kamara. I mean, what if what if he goes to one of those situations? I mean, Alvin Kamara with CJ Stroud? Yes, please. You know what I mean? Like there's please. just so there's so many scenarios here where you go you put him in in a in a Chargers uniform catching passes from Justin Herbert and he could catch a hundred passes. You know, like he could just ball out, you know, and I'm totally totally with you on that. And I think it's worth mentioning on the flip side of where that goes. And yeah, one more one running back before we move on, or was that James Conner, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. Those are the three. Love it. Those are my you know, three targets. You know who I love is a wide receiver who's just like, dude, this – oh, my gosh, he's so cheap. It drives me nuts. Right now, keep trade cuts, wide receiver 28. Market value of the 202. Eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's a free agent. He looks beautiful in that creamsicle jersey, and it is Valentine's Day. It's Mike Evans, man. I always love, love Mike Evans on there. And everybody said, you know what? Sell him last year. If you can get any early second for him, sell him. Uh, He just went out and what? You know, 80 receptions, 1,200 yards receiving, 13 touchdowns. And people always say, well, you know what, Dad? Mike Evans is going to have touchdown regression. Mike Evans does not have touchdown regression. He is a touchdown machine. And Mike Evans is someone that I think just keeps falling and falling in startup drafts. And you're like, why? You know, Mike Evans in in Smash Except 13 went in at 801. You know, and he's going in that same area as, you know, Chris Godwin, who I love Chris Godwin. Yeah, he's younger, but he has not produced like Mike Evans has. He goes in town either. In the same area as Baker Mayfield, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, you know. George Kittle. And I think Mike Evans is someone that if you can get him for an early second in a class or we love the wide receivers, the wide receivers are lead up the top. If you got to choose between one of these wide receivers or running backs in that 202 to 204 range or Mike Evans, Mike Evans is going to win you championships straight up. You know, so it's like I, I'm all for it. I'm all for insulating back from him, trying to get yourself into an area of like there's a couple guys, you know, today. And one of the guys in the Patreon was like, Dad, you and Snoog always talk about buys, but you never talk about sells. And for me, I, I package my sells. I don't say I'm selling this player for a pick because I rarely do that. But I'll, I would more – I mean, if someone came to you today and they said DK Metcalf and a, or Mike Evans in a first, what are you taking? Mike Evans all day. Yeah, and I think that's a feasible trade. You know, like I think you could get Mike Evans – same with like – 11, 112. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I'm for that. I mean, I'm, I think this year, Mike Evans plus the 111, 
maybe a Xavier Worthy. Now you get two guys. Mike Evans is going to outproduce DK Metcalf. And then on the flip side, you get another piece. And that's what it's all about. That's how you win. That's how you insulate. That's how you dominate, baby. Mike Evans, dad, he's played in 10 seasons. Guess how many thousand yard seasons he's had? Every single one. Every single one. I mean, this guy's an absolute. I don't know why I sold him short with eight. It's, it's, is it eight straight with like 10 touchdowns? <laughs> it's and something. Ten, baby. I think he is damn near first ballot Hall of Famer. And oh, he is. he is. He's underrated in the fact that he never had that Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, 370, 360 point, like flashy, monstrous season. He falls under the radar every year because he's just so consistently good. Like such a consistent top 10 producer. I mean, he's finished as high he's as... He's too cheap wide, every year. He's finished as high as wide receiver two and he's finished as low as 22. So, I mean, that comes to play with QB play. I mean, mm-hmm. he had Baker who was playing lights out, our wide receiver seven, 280 points. He's had Jameis Winston who throws 40 picks and 40 touchdowns and he's put up... 300 points and he's had the ryan fitzpatrick's and the who was his other quarterbacks like it's been ugly yeah it's just been an absolute roller coaster. but he still gets it done he always gets it done don't matter who's throwing him the football you know who else does that garrett wilson (laughs) deandre hopkins deandre hopkins had his seventh 1000 yard season and in tennessee 75 over a thousand seven touchdowns with tennessee his career uh, no, he is not. Damn he posted his best PFF receiving grade he's ever had at an 82.3, 2.09 yards per route run in the past three series, years. And now here's the stuff that blows my mind, Snook. And this, keep trade cuts wide receiver 56. 56. And I understand he's old, but again, there's a time where we're, we talk about the running backs but sometimes you got to look at the wide receivers as two to three year windows or one year rentals. And Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins, people have been discounting for the last two years like that. His current value is the 209. So if you can get DeAndre Hopkins, and I have, I have gotten DeAndre Hopkins recently for the 208. And I'm just like, I love the 208. I love what that could be. But if you're all in, he's going to be wide. You could put him in as your wide receiver three in a three wide receiver league. And, and he's going to produce – he's going to have a wide receiver two floor, right? But then he's going to have wide receiver one weeks. Our guy PPR tipped put a – yeah, he said, can't believe I thought Baker was going to ruin I Mike Evans. Baker hater. So we I all were that way. Damn thing. You can't ruin Mike Evans. You can't ruin DeAndre Hopkins. Even if – DeAndre Hopkins could get traded. You know, there, there's an area there. Worst case scenario, you're looking at what he did this year, 75, 1,007. He was better once Levis took over, you know, and I think we get into an area where if you had to choose between the two guys that are at Tennessee right now, Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins, if you had to pick one for for this season, who do you want? I'd go with Derrick Henry just because I think he's going to get a new home somewhere where they're going to utilize the most they can get from him on his on his way out. Mm-hmm. I I do think one thing, though, like you said, DeAndre Hopkins, there, there's – when I think of, like, the four best wide receivers of, like, the time that I've been really watching football, it's all right, maybe five with Julio. It's like Julio Jones, Hopkins, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Adams, and Tyree Kill. And I think those five are like the clear best, just consistency wise, playing wise, mm-hmm. just dominating on the football field. I would throw A B in it, but I feel like he was a little was he old? Yeah, he was a little older. I, I watched like the end of mm. AB's career, but he would obviously oh, get in. So he AB with that back to back to back wide receiver yeah. one overall. He Speaking of, guy, but. of Pittsburgh, I think Deontay Johnson has become a, a guy that I, I, I'm really starting to come around to on yeah. a value. So because I'm of where he's going, no, 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 I know. And we've had that in the past. You and I have debated back and forth between Pickens and Deontay Johnson. But Deontay Johnson right now, Pickens goes. In the seventh round, and Deontay Johnson goes in the twelfth round. Right now, you look at through his first four seasons, he's tenth all time in targets, 169 target season. He's posted a career high in PFF grades again at 79.1, and he's going after round 11. And right now, I think we have a scenario where I think Justin Fields, if you looked right now, is is the favorite to get traded to Pittsburgh. Very similar skill set to to DJ Moore getting open. 
you know, De- Fields has not been great with the deep ball guy, but he's been great with the short to intermediate. And I think Deontay Johnson would benefit greatly from that. And I think we see an area right now, he is going in the 207 range as well. So would you invest in Pickens at the 112 or Deontay at the 207 is kind of where I'm at. I think Pickens is a better talent, but yeah. I'm not trying to sell you on him completely because no, I know he's yeah. not your guy. It is Valentine's. Talent. You know, like if I give you some flowers and say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to make it right. Yeah, I definitely think Pickens is the better player. Oh, 100%. Just better downfield, more dominant. But I think Deontay is definitely the better route runner, definitely better at getting open. He's better underneath. The thing with Deontay that I, I never liked is he's so inconsistent. Like he, he gets 150, 160 targets, like mm-hmm. consistently getting dominating targets. And he's just not doing anything with them. And like, it's almost like you can't give him like the Garrett Wilson, Drake London excuse because their quarterbacks aren't that bad. Like mm-hmm. they've had like Kenny Pickett's bad and he was honestly really bad, but like really bad. Him and like the veteran Trubisky and stuff. Like I feel like they can get the job done enough where it's like Pickens, like where's Pickens' excuse? Like he mm-hmm. has been way more efficient and, and dominating Deontay Johnson's and like a in a yards perspective and he's still just not getting as much yards and he's getting, I think he had like 60 more targets than George Pickens when Pickens was a rookie and had like a hundred more. Right. It's like, I don't know. This past year, this past year though, 11.7 fantasy points per game, only 87 targets, you know? So I I think it's way better this year. Pickens was 12.3 on 106 targets. So I mean yeah. I think I think there's an area that both of these guys could increase in value. Obviously we don't Field everyone or everyone seems to want to say, you know, the Arthur Smith effect, but Arthur Smith is the offensive coordinator now, not the head coach. I think that's something that Kenny Pickett has killed everyone in that system. Justin Fields goes there, I think we start to get a little bit of a pickup or someone else gets traded into that area or they're not going to roll with Pickett this year. And I think that's great for everybody in that offense. I think for Deontay Johnson, another guy that I love in that area for Jalen Warren, who you know I think is going to have a fantastic season. Najee Harris is going to be the hammer. I mean, I think Pittsburgh guys are not sexy, but if you buy in with the baked-in value that they are going to change quarterbacks, yeah. I think that puts you into an area where they're going to gain value. And Snoop, that's what we're trying to do, right? I mean, right now we are in February. So if we if we're in February, we're trying to buy guys that are going to gain value. We're not trying to buy guys that are going to see less targets. We're not going to see guys that are going to get different sets of quarterbacks. We're going to see a guy that's going to improve at quarterback. You know, so I'm 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 in that area. What what wide receivers are you buying right now? Because I mean, there's a lot of them that are good values. There's one that I have in particular that you know I love almost as much as Mike Evans or in that same area. And then there's some other guys where it's like. They're flying a little bit under the radar. Yeah, mine's Devontae Adams. Yes. I mean, having 100-plus 100, 100 receptions with Aiden O'Connell and the ghost of Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer is definitely something that not every wide receiver in the NFL can say they've done. Yeah, 1,100-plus yards, eight touchdowns, still looked absolutely elite. From a yards-per-out run perspective, he was good. He was strong in the target share department. He, he did everything, and he still mm-hmm. looked like the same Devontae mm-hmm. Adams that we've seen. Again, another guy in that 31-year-old range, 10-plus years in the league. But you're look buying the Adam production. Thielen, look at what Adam Thielen just did at like 33. Look what Keenan Allen did at 32. Like, I I know Devontae Adams, if anybody in the league, is going to be like, like a Larry Fitzgerald type to play till they're 34, 35. It's mm-hmm. going to be the guy that doesn't rely on speed and explosiveness. It's going to be the nuanced route runner, the technician, the guy that knows how to get open consistently, and the guy that can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, 265 fantasy points in that Raiders offense last year, whew, that's pretty ugly. And they have a top pick this year. They have a lot of um, capital. Hopefully they can add someone that's not Aiden O'Connell. But Aiden O'Connell can just get better. And the thing with mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell is he knows who he needs to feed the ball to. So that's what I'm excited about for Devontae well, Adams. Yeah, he, he played so much different than the other quarterbacks in that system. Yeah. They were trying to feed him. And he's had some some growing curves there. But, I mean, he's Devontae now is going as the wide receiver 28 in the same equivalent value as the 202. Mm-hmm. I got him in the seventh round in that same area. And I, I think, you know, again, you're buying production. You have to realize he's not going to go up in value. But he hasn't really dropped much in value. You know, like yeah. he's gone from last year, you'd say, what, he's worth the 108. Now he's worth the 202. And that's not a, a steady drop-off considering 
you're getting a guy that was wide receiver 10 last year. That was the guy I was hoping you would say because, man, I, I think if, if you go out there and you got a couple of second-round picks and you go trade for some of these guys, you trade for Devontae Adams and Joe Mixon with your 202 and 208, now all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'm a contender. I'm putting yeah. myself into that spot. And I, everyone right now is trying to sell veterans everyone's trying to buy rookie picks and snook if you go the contrarian if you play if you zig when they zag then you start to get yourself value i mean the other day we'll, we'll move to the quarterback position i got i bought matthew stafford for the 206 in superflex and i'm just like matthew stafford right now and again i i know i'm highlighting a lot of guys i drafted in smash except 13 but i mean matthew stafford just went super late i mean we i was able to get him at 8-10 in the same area as Terry McLaurin, Javante Williams, after Will Levis, Jake Ferguson. You know, and I think people look at the age and they say, oh, okay, he's old. And yes, Matthew Stafford is an injury away from, from you know, putting himself down there. But look at the weapons. Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Look at what he did this year. He was QB 15. But what he did down the stretch was unbelievable. Like, he was winning people fantasy championships and I think he could be a back end QB one going into twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think Stafford, another guy I would add in there is Jared Goff. Those are just two really those are probably yeah. my I wanna put Dak I think the I think the crowds talk. I think people are starting to understand Jared Goff's uh, value. Yeah. He's moved up there above the Deshaun Watsons, the Bryce Youngs, yeah, the yeah. you know, like he's moved up there and yet you and I were screaming, right? We were saying buy Goff, buy cousins by you know Stafford last year and they all panned out. I think Kirk Cousins is another guy in that area where he's going really late because people are worried about the injury, you know, and not, him not having a job. But Stafford is a smash. Yeah. Stafford has the weapons, the coaching staff, everything, and he was playing like he was in his prime the past like ten games to, mm -hmm. towards the end of the season. I mean, did the Rams make the playoffs? Yeah. They did. That team made the playoffs. That's yeah. crazy to He say. carried them. I mean, he's he was great down the stretch. He played really I, I well. He's playing two to three more years. Yeah. Currently. And yeah. like you said, Kirk Cousins, I know he's coming off the torn Achilles. I would throw Aaron Rodgers in there. I yes. Think. He that went works. in round 11.7. He's keep trade cuts give QB up a, 26. Give up, round, give up an early third round pick and just friggin' well, ride him out for the next year. Hopefully they he goes that line and he goes in that same area. It was it's Hopkins, Connor, Rogers, Jones, Henry all go in that eleventh yeah. round and you're like, whoo yeah. that that's that's an area where I am right now, I'm confident moving myself back into those areas of eight through. And that's what I did in that draft is move back and move back and move back. And these guys kind of fall into that area. I love the the veteran values. Um the the who's the other guy geno smith was one that people were bringing up and he's an interesting one because geno was the qb19 you and i loved him going into the season last year but they could get out of his contract by february you know this week this is the last week it becomes guaranteed i think they draft i'm seeing a lot of people saying they draft jj mccarthy or another quarterback here so what are you doing with geno smith his value equivalent right now is the 208 so if you had to smash or pass the 208 I come to you, you got Gino, I offer you 208. I'd probably take it just because like the weapons he has first off. Elite You're taking game. Gino over the 208? I think so just because What about 205? I'd take the 205. Right, I think but, like 207 was the number in my head. I was like, yeah. oh, that's the cut. It's just you're getting a starting quarterback with elite weapons and elite run game. No more Pete Carroll, so it's interesting to see kind of if the if the new head coach and stuff is Yeah, good point. Gino, you know what I mean? So Definitely a little bit of risk there, but I mean, he has the weapons, he has the defense. They got some draft capital this year and next year to just keep building up. So I think Geno Smith can be a good value. Not one of my favorites. I'd much rather just use that pick and go get a Stafford or trade up and get like a Goff. And mm -hmm. that thing, Dad, too, is you got to understand like, if I'm going to be giving up the 205 for a Geno Smith, like the first thing in my head is like, all right, now what would I have to do to get Stafford or what would I have to do yes. to get Goff? Right. Or, Maybe if I add a first, can I get Prescott? Like mm -hmm. those are the type of moves you got to think of because Prescott's thirty years old too now, thirty one. Like people start to see that thirty, that three zero, and they say mm -hmm. shit. Like he's getting up there in age, even though he's probably got six more years of starting quarterback play in him. So I, I like to do stuff like that and just address mm -hmm. the situation and go elsewhere before I just fully commit to one deal with Geno Smith. Because 
and it's not always that way. It's not always player X or this. It's like people yeah. come to me all the time, and I know they do you too. It's like, what do you think of this trade, this side or that side? And sometimes it's neither. Let's regroup this, and let's figure out how to get you from Geno. I think Geno in a second gets you Matthew Stafford, you know, like depending on what that second is or something equivalent to that. And I would do that in a heartbeat, you know what I mean? And if you're if you're not looking to contend, like if you're rebuilding, and you add Geno and an early second for a Bryce Young, you know, you try to move into that area. Geno Smith is just – He's a stopgap quarterback. That's what you're doing. And I'd rather have, if we're going to stopgap at the similar values, I'd rather have Russell Wilson. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. You know, I'd rather even, I'd, I'd rather move into those areas and, and play it safe, you know? Yeah. Speaking, so, of, speaking of veteran players, I want to jump into these tight ends with you. Ooh, I have a okay. Trade. I got a little keep trade cut for you. Veteran tight end edition. Keep trade cut. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Evan Ingram. Oh geez. Okay. Um. So this is it. Like so I'm, you, I'm, I'm Kelsey, right? I'm keeping Kelsey because now that so he, he is a value, no more because he has just said he's coming back. Like the only value there was people said he was going to retire. You know, he had a another top what top three tight end season. He had two neither by fantasy points and half and half tight end premium. Neither of those other two are going to give you a top three season. I think Kelsey with Mahomes as compared to Evan Ingram had a very, very good season. I believe he was tight end five, but Christian Kirk wasn't there most of the season. You know, he had, he was missing a lot and I think they go out and I'm seeing a lot of, you know, mock drafts, having them take a Brian Thomas in the middle of the first. And I think they draft and bring in another guy and they start to load up some weapons. And I think he starts to come back down a little bit and Kittle. I think Kittle is a lock for top, eight every single year so i am keeping kelsey i am trading ingram and oh gosh no i can't cut george kittle i'm gonna trade kittle and cut ingram i think kittle has slightly more value and i think ingram's ceiling we just saw his ceiling and he had a great season gone right like there's spec speculation around iuk leaving potentially Mm -hmm. seeking a deal elsewhere if that happens and george kittle becomes like the bona fide number two option there Mm -hmm. and open up a lot of targets a lot of opportunity in that yak intermediate range yeah i'm excited for that george kittle was my most owned dynasty tight end last year Mm -hmm. i'm proud of that because i was getting him in like the seventh eighth round and like 0.5 0.75 tight end premium and he just had another really really solid year so i didn't have to worry about is my tight end gonna be good this year all year Mm -hmm. like i was getting my tight end one who finished i think he finished top five and he was yeah he was tight end six tight end six yeah yeah he's every single year he's been there Uh, consistent such a good value yeah 250 fantasy points he was tight end tight end five in this league for me i think it was probably 0.5 or 0.75 yeah but, yeah, the, I mean, you can't beat it. <laughs> the other guys, you know, I'm starting to see everyone's starting to move Jake Ferguson up and Michael Mayer, and they're starting to, you know, Luke Musgrave and 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 Kraft and all these guys. And the guy that I keep seeing that is a value, you know, when we have the tight end position, it's very volatile. It moves up and down, but you want a guy that's tied to a good quarterback, a guy that's going to get volume, a guy that can score touchdowns. And Dalton Schultz is going to come back to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Dalton Schultz is going to come back to Houston. He just went at 13-12. He was the tight end 10 this past season. And I think he's just a really good value for what he is. It's not going to be anything flashy, right? It's kind of like the veteran version of Cole Komet. Cole Komet's what? Back-to-back tight end eight, two seasons in a row. Yeah. But it's not flashy. It's not sexy. People don't value Cole Komet the way they should. Yeah. He should be valued a lot closer to David Njoku and Jake Ferguson than he is. You know, and I think Williams coming to town potentially. Yeah. And then you got Dalton Schultz, who's getting drafted in the same area as, you know, Fryermuth, Kraft, Musgrave. And you want a guy that's going to produce. And I think Dalton Schultz is going to produce. He's going to, he's going to put up numbers and they aren't going to be flashy, but you're going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? You got to, you work through that. So this has been fun. You know, I know we got, you guys go out there, you know, you guys listen to the podcast, you guys, your, your wives, your girlfriends, they put up even, you know, if, if you don't have a Valentine, take your daughter out, show her how, show her what a guy's supposed to treat someone like, but it's like, they put up with you so long for listening to smash, except for playing fantasy football, go out and treat them. Enjoy, you know, enjoy the night, 
and play a little Smash Except for him. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you're going to listen to this on the way out. But we just wanted to bring you guys some veterans that, that we love, guys that we think are good values. Snoog, anything else coming down the pipeline? I mean, we've been really grinding content with all i mean since day one you know it, it's not like we were just stopping like there was no halt into the off season we're starting to really push these rookies now so tell everybody what you're working on and what they can you know look forward to in the patreon yeah before i hit my outro i want to just hit you with one quick question it's been eating me alive who is your favorite dynasty tight end value more of like a deep sleeper and why mine's greg dulcich yes i don't know who yours is no, that is stop because we're drafting. Noah Fant and Dulcich are good value, so everybody go shoot a fourth round rookie pick out for one of them. Dulcich on it was so good in twenty twenty two, and he just never really got an opportunity got to hurt. play this year. He got hurt, never really you know bounced back there. I mean, I think uh, I like Fant a lot too. You know yeah. what I mean? I think I think Waller's going to drop in value where he's going to be a decent yeah. buy. The tight end position is pretty good up at the top but then the value part has kind of disappeared a little bit yeah. you know like some, people some reason schultz doesn't resign in houston where are you valuing brevin jordan and how high of a rookie pick would you give for him i put him in my buys at like the 302 which i think you can buy him for now yeah. i think he goes late second once that happens but i think brevin jordan is very talented and i think you know he he just needs an opportunity there's a lot of open spots out there. You know, the Chargers are looking for a good tight end. A lot of a lot of teams need someone out there. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes down for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll jump into this outro. We've been absolutely pumping out rookie content threads. We're going through the entire wide receiver position. I'm going to have pre-combined rookie wide receiver rankings out within the next week or so. Just got through Marvin Harrison Jr. He's my wide receiver one in the class like many others. I'm going to be doing Roman Wilson and Malachi Corley to shape off that top 12 threads coming out on them next week, hopefully. And then it's boom. We're jumping into the running backs and the quarterback positions. I'm going to have pre-draft rankings for all the positions before the combine. Then I'll have post combine. Then I'll have NFL draft post NFL draft. And then we'll do right before the season. So make sure you stay tuned. Dad and I are going to be doing a ton of rookie stuff, collaborating and just helping you guys shape out your, your rookie picks, what to do with them, where where the tiers are in these in this draft class, and kind of where the strengths are. We know it's a wide receiver heavy draft class. I mean, I have about ten wide receivers in this class that I'm confident will have a role at the next level. And then there's about three to four guys that have the upside to be like a good wide receiver three on an NFL team, plus mm -hmm. maybe in a good situation. So I'm super excited. So stay tuned for all of that. Dad's coming out with threads as well. I hope you guys saw his Odunze thread. Dad, I want to ask you a little question about Odunze after you got the time to dig through him, look through mm -hmm. his profile, watch the tape. I don't know how people are trying to argue anybody over Odunze at the wide receiver three spot. The draft capital is looking damn near promising top 10. The tape is phenomenal. Everyone's worried about that late declare issue. And just I've seen so many people hate, like hating on Odunze. Yeah. Thing he's outside their top four, top five. That's insane. I did that in all my dynasty leagues. I said, "What's your top five wide receiver rankings?" So most people reply. Most of the questions, right? So, like, whoa. They they're just they're they're making judgments without jumping in there. You know, like first I put out there, I see a lot of Devonte Adams in his game. You know, like a little bit uh, faster, but not quite as physical. And people are like, well, he's not that fast. Dude runs a four three forty. Like he has been clocked at a four three, he was a track star. But people say he's not fast. Then they say he's not a good route runner. Then you show him tape on that. Oh well, I guess that's in there. They're like, oh well, he's the next Nikhil Harry because of his contested catch rate. He must not run good routes because he catches so many contested balls. I mean, he was at seventy five percent contested catch rate. You watch some of the tape, and you're like, it's a it's a Mike Evans like skill set yeah. of how he does that. And Mike Evans won a bunch of contested catches. You know, so it's like. Not every wide receiver who wins contested catches yeah. is is going to be someone who doesn't separate. Not every wide receiver, you know, like I think that's the biggest thing. His body control on the sidelines, his back shoulder phase, like this guy's got supreme potential. And in a lot of classes, he's a wide receiver one overall. Yeah. This year, there just happens to be two alphas who, and I think are going to be wide receiver top tens. I think he ultimately is a guy that has top 12 upside. Right now I have him as like wide receiver 15, 16. Yeah. And what separates the good from the elite wide receivers is if you can make plays when you're not open, right? Mm -hmm. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of those. 
Veroma Dunze is one of those. Devontae Adams is one of those. Like that translates because not everybody's going to be open. You can get schemed open. You can't mm-hmm. consistently get open, right? Like, yeah. There's times where you're going to be covered. You're going to be double teamed. Like you have to be able to make plays in the contested areas. And, and Roma Dunze is damn near one of the best in the class at that and has damn near some of the best hands in the class. You don't see him drop the ball at all. And I think it's pretty locked in that he goes top 12 in the NFL draft along with Daniel Jeremiah agreeing with that. And another guy who's the wide receiver guru, shout out Matt Harmon. He's in mm-hmm. love with Roma Dunze. I know he's just starting his wide receiver process, but I've heard only good things about him. My comp for Roma Dunze is like a, if Chris Olave and Michael Thomas had a baby because he's the nuanced route runner, very mm-hmm. fluid mover like Chris Olave, can play vertical like Chris Olave, but he's also a monster in the contested catch areas and can just consistently get open underneath. So I'm going to keep taking it because I see, and I, I, I put a, a, a poll out there, and we're going to talk enough about this, but would you rather have Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze in a, in a random 25 first? Neighbors won that pretty handedly and i think and i'm i'm just saying if you believe in a certain way i also put out there you know would you move from the 106 to the 107 for an early 24 second and people said they would you know so i think he's a lot closer if it depending on what your premium is if it's not tight end premium he's not that far behind where bowers is going to go in my opinion as much as i love bowers i'm loving a dunze so thanks for tuning in guys and enjoy the process Uh, Just over that hour mark, but 